We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will not lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. Yes, he is the DB of the show. We are Black in Sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. And you know what, man? We're laughing at it all, covering it all while providing the platform to be heard. So you know what we do right about now. We jump into it. We have to introduce and give a warm welcome to our guests, right? So I guess Ricky Bobby said it first, right? If you're not first, you're last, right? And um, this lady is definitely first to be the first black woman to hold this title, all right? Um, definitely won't be the last. She's the second woman to hold her position, and uh, she's kind of a big deal in the Arizona market. So if you haven't heard, um, in 2021, I believe it was, she was the most influential woman in AZ, okay, holding it down. And then just uh, many other awards like most outstanding woman in ward, all right? So please, please, please clap it up, all right, for the president, Madam President, of the Phoenix Raceway. All right, let's clap it up. Hey, Latanya Kazi, thank you so much for joining us today. And how we start, man, we always put our guests on, on the, we, we get it going, right? We make sure your engine's ready to go. Uh, give us a, a shoot your shot moment, okay? And it can't be that I always shoot my shot. Or I'm, you know, we, we can't have that. Here Black of Sports, we got to have just a time you shot your shot. And it could have been any time, right? It could have been early in your work, career, school, life, all of that good stuff. Love life. How you met, you know, Miss Cause, you know what I mean? All of that is good stuff. So give us a shoot your shot moment. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. You know, I will have to say um, my shoot your shot has to be right now. Uh, I am in this role as the you know first black woman to be in a position um, of a track president. But guys, honestly, I've never been in sports. I transitioned. I went I came in and went straight to the top. And so uh, this has to be my shoot your shot moment. Uh, you know, it was really someone else. I mean, it's been a long time since I've applied for a job or applied for an opportunity. Uh, really, it's, you know, my networks, the, the woman who was in the role before me, um, she is the one who reached out to me about the opportunity. You know, she saw something in me. Um, and felt like, hey, you are the right person for this role right here and right now. Uh, and I'm not I'm not kidding, guys. For a second, I was like, for real? Me? Uh, are you sure? Can I do that? Um, and the answer is yes. I'm really, really, really excited that I took this opportunity on last November. Uh, and I've been shooting my shot since then. So I, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Let's go. Let's go. So, so Sasha, where your love for leadership in sports start? Where did that start? Yeah, well, you know, we are uh, a sports family. So uh, my dad played sports um, long before I was born, but my brother played sports uh, in college. He played in the NFL as well. Um, and then as well, um, you know, I have a niece who currently is at the University of Oregon running track. Um, I have two boys. I have a 12 and a 16-year-old. My 16-year-old has been playing club baseball since he was 10. We're just like a sports family. Um, you know, when it was COVID, I, and I love to go to sporting events. I mean, I would go to any sporting event. love all of it. I mean, you name it, I would like to go. Um, but I will tell you, you know, we watch sports. If we're not watching the news in our household, then we're watching sports. Um, and so during COVID, you know, we couldn't do sports, right? You couldn't watch sports. 
So uh, we started watching the um, the bag, you know, the bags games. They had that was the only thing on TV. They could wear masks uh, and then they could play. So it was a whole championship, a cornhole championship going on during COVID. And so you know, it was the the fathers and the sons rolling around. So we we uh, our whole family uh, started watching uh, cornhole uh, during that. That's how much we love sports. Um, we didn't have anything to do with ourselves and start watching the cornhole championship. It was pretty legit. Nice shout out to AJ, who's uh, we had on the show, who's uh, one of the top cornhole guys. Um, so no, that's that's definitely it's pretty dope. dope. And now, now I watch it. (laughs) As we need to catch up with him, hopefully, he'll be in a championship here soon in town. So, following a lot of the sports, right? What would you say maybe was a favorite sport? Did you have a favorite, or like I know you like all sports, but was there a favorite kind of either growing up or now? Yeah, you know, I, I love football. So here's the thing about it. I'm a born and raised in Arizona, Phoenix native. Um, the unique thing about Arizona is that we have all professional sports teams here. We have the D-backs. You know, you have the Cardinals that are here. You have the Suns that are here. Um, we even have the Coyotes um, that are out here as well. So, I mean, you really have uh, the gamut of any um, sports and sports venue. But I am uh, a football fan. or just football family. Um, I love the Cardinals. Uh, but I also just love like individual uh, players. So I, I love to watch the Cardinals, love to go to Cardinals games. But then when I think about like other um, athletes and other um, professional athletes, I, I just love to follow the stories. I'm like the person that watches Hard Knocks, uh, you know, the person, you know, we just had the uh, Earl Spence um, fight as well. But, you know, they had the whole Showtime um, leading up to the um, to the show. And so I love to watch that kind of stuff because I love to hear the story, like what it took to get there and to get to that point. And then, you know, you obviously you have your person that you're rooting for and you just like think through like all the things that they went through to get to that point. So uh, diehard football fan, uh, but I just love to the stories and uh, behind the athletes. No, I'll definitely like that. And so with that, you're in a market, uh, one of the, the teams that's in that market really had a a long bout in a story, right? So how was the energy with BG, um, you know, kind of following that and just how it touched, because you're actually in that market, you know, and before you got into sports, you did a lot of things with the community. So like, how was the community, you know, around that, you know, and just just kind of give us a little bit, but like, you know, following that story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely uh, glad that she is home. And so, you know, um, going to Suns games uh, and Mercury games um, during that time, I mean, it was just like something missing. Obviously, she was a huge, hugely missing uh, while she wasn't here by me. Everyone walking around just collectively uh, in BG jerseys. We are BG all over the city. Um, like you said, I mean, it was everywhere, banners everywhere, um, you know, people using their voice and all of those types of things. And so, um, it, you know, it was really it was really a sad thing, but it was also really nice to see people actually come together and support collectively. Like if you weren't per se going to Mercury Games or you weren't a Mercury fan, um, you took a moment to recognize the fact that you wanted um, BG to be home. Um, and so, you know, every Suns game that I went to during that time, I mean, 42 is on the court, I mean, everything, right, was was about BG. Like, you know, you would um, you would know that, you know, the, her presence was missing. So, um, and people were talking about it, which which was a good thing. So West Side of the Valley, t- tell me a little bit about what that means and what that means to you and a little bit about growing up there. Yeah, so uh, my parents uh, still let, live in the same house I was born and raised in uh, here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, you know, the West, uh, the uh, Phoenix Raceway is actually in the West Valley. I'm not far from where my parents uh, live. It's in the city of Avondale. Uh, but, you know, growing up in, in the West Valley, I mean, it, it's not, uh, you know, it's it, we've gone through like a revitalization uh, recently. I mean, it's, you know, part of it is a low to moderate income uh, where my parents live. Like the, there's pockets of LMI um, communities all over it, all around it. 
Um, but honestly, as I was growing up, like I didn't really know what like low to moderate income meant. Like I don't really feel like I, my, both of my parents worked. My dad worked for UPS for, I like to say a hundred years, but like 30 years. Uh, my mom still present day. My mom still likes to go to work to keep her busy. I'm like, whatever, whatever it takes to keep you going, girl, you do that. Um, but my mom is a paralegal and she still goes into the, the law. For, so I, my parents have always worked, It's but they've worked really hard um, to make sure that they provide uh, for us. And uh, honestly, as I was growing up, I just really didn't know that there was like more um, outside of Arizona. Right? When people think about Arizona, you think about Scottsdale and like the fancy places. Um, not until I went to college, uh, until I went to ASU, did I really know like, dang, like it's like a lot of things um, outside of the West Side. You know, when you're, when you're uh, young and you, don't, you just don't know and, uh, you know, you, you, you go to your family's homes and you do all those things and you, I felt the love. I felt like I, I didn't. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Um, but we, def, I definitely grew up in the West Valley. My parents still, like I said, live in the same um, same house that I was born, born and raised in. So uh, for me, you know, you talked a little bit about community and giving back to the community. Um, that's why I do what I do. I just came from a community where everybody just collectively came together and helped each other. Went to church every Sunday, and that was just part of. Uh, what we did and, uh, and and part of that was it was required that you give back and that you volunteer and that you do those types of things. So it's just has stuck with me um, my whole life. And now I've been fortunate and blessed enough to be able to to do it on a bigger platform. Yeah, I had a brother that lived in Arizona, in the Phoenix area for a while. Um, and now that we we're both in Las Vegas, uh, EJ and I, I always hear that uh, that area is similar to Las Vegas. And yeah. Um, it's funny that you said that about growing up because I feel like a lot of times when I'm in the community here, there there are some youth that all the things that's come. I know you guys have had multiple Super Bowls and obviously things that are coming to Vegas right now. And that almost being two different worlds, uh, you know, I, I know we'll get more into this as we get into your career, but how do you, you know, go about connecting those two a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I will tell you, I am very familiar with Las Vegas. So my husband is from Las Vegas. Uh, we okay. met in college. Uh, actually, just came back from Vegas last weekend. Uh, I should we should have talked about it so I can meet you guys in person. Um, we're always there. Uh, so he grew up in North Las Vegas. While he did go to Bishop Gorman, uh, his parents also still live in the same house. Uh, you know that that they that he was born and raised in as well. Um, so uh, so anyway, connecting um the two of those things right in regards to. Um, community and just just all the things. I mean, I just feel like for me personally, I don't know if it's just my innate who I am and how I'm uh, built. Um, there is no uh, Latasha Kazi without community. There is no business um, without community. Um, and all of the things that I do, I always have that in my mind and I do everything in my power um, to make sure um, that my kids do that too, right? Whether they want to or not, right? Because they just don't know. Uh, they they will do that now um, while they're under our household and our roof. Um, they will just know that you know, uh, you, part of who you are is just doing something for someone else. Absolutely. So you know, born, raised, you know, AZ all the way. So talk to us about like how the college decision was had, right? Like you know, when we talk a lot of people, sports drives that. So yeah. what drove you to stay there? Cause you know, a lot of some kids like, you know what, I just wanted to get away. And yeah. you know, you said you learned. So what was the how did the process go for you choosing um ASU? Yeah. So so this is what happened choosing ASU. So when I was in high school, so again going to the, you know, if you will, low to moderate income high school, I was part of the Urban League. Um, and part of DECA. So I was part of Urban League and DECA. Uh, and also I played in the band. Um, so I played in the band from the fourth grade all the way to my senior year of high school. I played the flute. 
and so I was your flautist. Yeah, <laughs> I was the coolest. I was the coolest person out there. That's why my net, not my network is so strong, right? I mean, I had the band nerds as my homies. I mean, I had everybody. You, you <laughs> name they were my friends. Uh, so, um, I when I was sixteen, though, I um, a part of DECA and part of the Urban League, they were going to select four kids um, to go work at a company, an organization, and it was, it was Charles Schwab. So um, they, they selected four students. I was one of the four students that was selected. And you guys, honestly, I really went, I wanted to work. I wanted this little part-time job because I wanted to get fake fingernails. Like my mom and my dad were like, we're not paying for that. Like we'll pay for other things, but we're not paying for the fake fingernails. I was like, well, I'm getting a job, right? Like I gotta get my nails done. So I was selected um, to be able to work at Schwab. And so three of the other people were gonna be stockbrokers. Um, and then one was gonna be in people services. I'm like, well, I know I don't want to be a stockbroker because that just sounds wrong, but people services, that sounds right. I'm 16. I didn't know what that was. Uh, well, it was human resources. Um, and so that's how I started my career. I worked at Schwab from the time I was 16 until I graduated from ASU. So um, I that is how I made the decision. So I'd never had a decision whether I was going to go to college or not. Like that wasn't an option with my parents. So uh, we went on the little college tours, right? So we went um, to U of A. Uh, we drove down to U of A. Um, and then we went to ASU and we went to NAU. Um, and I was like, well, if I go to U of A or NAU, I can't have my job, right? I'm, I'm like rolling back. I'm making six fifty an hour, right? Like, so I am rich. Killing them. Killing yeah, them. Killing them. Like, I mean, I can't give this up. I'm making $6.50 an hour. Uh, so I I had to stay. Um, and so that is how I selected going to ASU because I could go to school full time and work full time. <laughs> And then by the time I was 18, you know, because of FINRA rules and laws, um, that's when I could become an actual Charles Schwab employee. I became a Charles Schwab employee. And you guys, I was making $10 an hour at like 18 years old. I mean, I was rich. So that's how I ended up staying here. And uh, that, staying here, uh, honestly, working full time, going to school full time was the best thing that ever happened to me, you know. Uh, Schwab taught me how to manage money, um, legit get into real estate, those types of things at a very young age. Um, so, I mean, I am so glad, like, I wanted fake fingernails. <laughs> so that's that's the secret because I know a lot of people that went to ASU. I don't know a lot of people that finished that ASU. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much no, That's why it's a secret. Yeah, but for I stayed at home though too. So I didn't okay. live on campus. I did stay at home, but I did meet my husband sophomore year. So I got the full college experience through him and his roommates. Uh, but I but I was like, but I gotta go home, right? Because if I don't go home, I might not make it. So uh I did stay at home. You had them parameters around you, boy, because yeah. like hey, yeah, she was no joke. Y'all were you and oh uh what was it? Oh you battle top from top party schools, boy. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it is possible to make it at ASU, okay? It is possible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so want to jump into your career because, uh, you know, definitely on the sporting side. Um, and I know a lot of the passions and things that you've done before. So thank you about this, you know, the Charles Schwab, right? Because that start, that was a foundation that, you know, elevate you. And what we love about this show is it's not always natural journeys. So, so thank you for being open with that. And while we're going to focus mainly on, you know, your current role, you know, definitely the community things that you've done, um, you know, being in like that HR background and just like development and the different companies all built for who you are today. But of course, today, you know, we want to focus on, um, you know, your career now um, being Madam President. Let's 
go. That's so fire. So um, give us the, like, the Reader's Digest version of how this came to be. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, like I said, really, it was through um, Julie Giese, who is the previous track president here. Um, she moved to Arizona from Daytona, um, been, been a NASCAR employee for over 20 years, um, but came to be the track president here. Uh, she and I were on a panel together. She was here for about four days. Uh, we were on a panel together. Uh, the person that was leading that panel reached out to me ahead of time and said, you know, hey, there's a woman running the track. She, she was the first woman to lead Phoenix Raceway. Um, she, he's like, you know, there's a woman running the track. She needs to be around really great women and needs community connections because she hasn't been, um, you know, she's not from here. Uh, and she's really trying to do some great things at Phoenix Raceway. And you're a community person. I said, listen, as long as she's a good person, happy to help her. Um, and so uh, she's a phenomenal person. And uh, again, day four into her uh, four years here, uh, I just started helping Julie make connections, building relationships with her. And um, during that time, you know, Julie was like, you know what, I, you know, you got to come to a NASCAR race. And guys, I had never been to a NASCAR race before four years ago. I was like, for real? Like, I mean, it sounds right, but I'm I'm not really sure. So, you know, I we uh, and I made my husband go too. So, I was like, maybe it probably would just be the two of us, right? And so, I like we go to this event. It was not just the two of us. For the record, it it, it was like an experience I had never experienced before, never in my life. I mean, there were so many amazing things going on. I mean, there's nothing like a NASCAR experience, truly. Uh, and Julie gave me that VIP experience. And I just built a relationship with her for those four years. Um, you guys may uh, have heard about this, but we, uh, Julie left Arizona to go run the Chicago street race. So um, she gave me a phone call and said, hey, what do you think about running, you know, Phoenix Raceway when I go move, move to Chicago? Uh, and I, as I said earlier, you know, I was like, what? What? Like, are you sure? Like, you know, don't forget I'm black, right? And um, yeah, like, you, right? I just had to. I, I'm. I, I was just like, and she. Let me know, just she, let me remind you. Yeah, I might be light skinned. Don't let me fool you. I'm black on both sides. So, um, I, I, you know, I was just. Uh, so I, but, but really, you know, the direction that you know NASCAR is going, it wasn't really. It wasn't because I was black that she was looking, you know, for me to be the person in this role. It was because of all the things that I have done that I have worked for um, to get to this point. And so uh, I really am. I did a, had a lot of conversations, uh, you know, internally with um, with NASCAR uh, leadership, president, the you know, NASCAR circle, everybody, <laughs> the family, everybody, everybody, <laughs> just to truly understand, you know, where has NASCAR been and where is NASCAR going? You know, and I asked some really difficult questions, but they, everyone was 100% transparent with me from the jump in every conversation. Uh, and it felt right. And, you know, it was honestly my husband that pushed me to at least, um, you know, open the door. Cause I, I, on in a, it for a few minutes, I was like, I, uh, -uh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's the right opportunity um, for me. And, and truly, uh, I am really, really glad. Um, I know it is the right opportunity. And I'm really glad that I, I took a moment just to, just to take a moment. That's, you know, that's us getting out of our comfort zone. I was really comfortable and in a great role. Um, I've been doing really good things in the community. And so I didn't really think I needed, uh, needed this opportunity. Speaking of, I mean, just comfort zone is exactly where, <laughs> where I, I was at with this when I was, Tell my dad as I was prepping for this interview, he was like NASCAR. Like I, you know, he just and, and my dad is well versed in sports, so um, I know that was probably some of the reaction from your family and friends and all across. And as a pioneer, how do you kind of hold that weight? I guess if it's if you want to call it weight or that responsibility on your shoulders. 
Yeah, you know, I, I people ask all the time, and and honestly, not just like black people, right? I mean, you know, people like our family members. Everybody's like, oh my god, that is so cool. Um, it's more the Madam President part of thing, but then when they really take a moment, I you know, I had my first race in March. Um, one of the things that I did, you, you know, us as black people, right? We want to support each other. So everybody wants to come to your race. They want to be here. They want to be here for you. Um, so of course my family was here. I had friends. I had what I call sweet 33, um, which was a suite full of black and brown people that just, um, had never been um, to the race before. It was a vibe, right? When I went in there, I was like, I don't want to leave here because this, this is where we are. And so, um, but it, but it was just a really, really great experience, but it's really about education, making sure that people understand what NASCAR isn't and opening the door up to them to say, hey, give it a chance. Um, like I said earlier, I would go to any sporting event. That's why I went um, to my first NASCAR race four years ago. Um, and so it's really about making sure that people know um, it will be an experience that you've never um, had before. And so, yeah, I, 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 I don't necessarily see it um, as anything that I'm combating or have to defend because I'm 100% comfortable with the decision and uh, really living in the dream of being able to to do this role. Uh, but I will tell you on all sides, even like like women, um, we're, we're hard on each other, right? But other women are like, oh, what are you thinking? Like, who does that? Like, especially if they don't know that I'm a diehard sports person. Most people know that about me. But if you don't, um, then they're like, NASCAR? Like, that's weird. I'm like, is it? <laughs> you haven't gone. Um, and again, that's on, that's any color. It's just like women in general. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll get that. So... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like you said, women in sports, right? Like that's 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 a mountain in itself, right? So right. then put, you know, um, black women in sports, and then add it's the sport is NASCAR. So yes. <laughs> you put on those layers. So there has been um, other people, you know, when you think about the historical context, right? Like you're a part of history, which is just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, there have been others that have been paving the way, and like you know, I know we post, we attempt to post, and, and, and you know, talk about other than you know, football, of course, basketball are the easy lanes for us. Uh, but like Wendell Scott, you know what I mean? Like after you got into it, did you start like doing the research, or did they bring the research to? Like how does how do one you you know um, educate yourself, and how does like NASCAR in general embrace the culture and talk about those things? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things I had to do is get out there. I had to go on a tour, if you will, of NASCAR. Um, and really what that meant, my first year, my first quarter of the of uh, being at NASCAR, I think I might have been home for a whole week collectively together um, because our, we have a race every weekend. So I was really out there building relationships, really understanding the sport. Um, you know, we're in North Carolina. Most of the teams are in North Carolina. So I went I went to North Carolina for a whole week, went to visit various um, like track house, um, Hendrick Motorsports, various um, sporting teams, uh, really getting to know and understand um, the sport. I mean, and what it takes in order to get out there and race um, every weekend. And so that really has been my thing. And I will tell you, though, the people of NASCAR, both on the NASCAR side, the team side, I mean, it is like a family You and we are all out there. You see the same people. So no matter where you're going, right, if you if I'm going out to Sonoma or if I'm going to Vegas, right, wherever I'm going, you're going to see the same people in the same teams. Um, so you get really familiar with each other um, and you want to help each other. Um, so when I come out and I, they're, they're like, there's Phoenix, right, they know um, that we're there and that we're present. Um, but one of the other things is getting your hands dirty, meaning that you go out there and you work. So even though I was brand new, I mean, uh, you know, we had one of the first races that we had was the Clash in L.A. I went out there, I'm like, put me to work. Let me know. Like, I'm not out here as Latasha Kazi, the, the president of Phoenix Raceway. Wait, wait Let a me minute. Do something. 
You have to turn the wrenches. <laughs> you have to pick. Now, now, now that's for a professional. Okay, you got to make sure that the tires stay on. Um, but there's so many other things that go into putting on an event, right? And you and you know and, and being part of the sport. So uh, I go and I volunteer um, my, my time, if you will. I work to make sure that whoever worked really hard to put on that event um, that they have a helping hand. Um, and NASCAR does that really, really well. That's awesome. How do you blend all those different backgrounds? Because, you know, we all in sports business and sports business, it could be ranged from somebody from Phoenix in the Valley, somebody from across the country, some that's just here in Phoenix for the, for, for the, the Phoenix race, or it could be a lifelong NASCAR fan that's, that's working. And how do you kind of blend all those personalities and backgrounds uh, as you lead the team? Yes, that, that is a great question because, uh, like for our November race, which we host championship here in Arizona, and 60% of the fans that come in November are not from Arizona, right? So they come from all over the place, um, coming from everywhere. So like you said, you have to get out there, talk to fans, get to know people and understand, like, why are you here? What makes you come here? NASCAR has diehard fans. Um, and so some of the things that we do is we make sure um, that we talk to our fans. What do you want? What do you want to see? What will keep you here? Uh, our fans come the Monday before a race if they're staying and they're camping with us and they leave Monday after. So they're out here for seven days. So you want to make sure that you are out here um, making sure that everyone is having a good time. But then you also have fans that are just coming for the weekend. So there's so many variations. And so really, uh, I'm really fortunate. I have a great team in Arizona. I like to say we have the best team here uh, in Arizona. I might be biased, um, but we have a really good team um, who knows how to get the experience done. Um, and like I said earlier, it's really about um, going out to other events and, and other experiences to see what we can bring to our fans. Um, so that's 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 really what we do there. They're, I'm out there like during the week. I'm out there with the fans. I want to hear I want to, you know, because you cannot make everybody happy and they do complain. Um, but I listen to it. I want to hear about it. I, I can't guarantee I'm going to change it, but I want to hear um, because they are so loyal and they are diehard. So um, with that, like bringing the fans, give us an experience, right? Like, because what what does NASCAR, you know, do for us? Like you're, you're pitching us. We're, we're newbies first time going there, right? Like, and like we go in with our preconceived notion, right? Mm -hmm. Like not going to be many of us, right? You even said that in your opening, right? Not mm -hmm. many of us. And I mean, I even think about like Vegas, right? Like from a Vegas standpoint, you know, we are always telling people that there's multiple Vegas, right? You could come and spy it all day, right? We got so many restaurants. We got uh, the nightlife. And now we're, you know, foray into a bigger footprint in sports. So what can one experience, you know what I mean? Especially from the culture when they're kind of going to the raceway. Yeah. Well, you know, here um, specifically, in Ar it's Arizona, right? So specifically when you are in um, Arizona, um, you have to... Um, you know, you're you're in a space of excuse me, really quick. I'm on a, a call. Yeah. yeah, so sorry about that, guys. Um, so um there's team out there. We got yeah, yeah, so, making sure yeah, look, making sure everything is good. Yeah. Make sure every, everything is good out here. So, you know, one of the things that I would say here in Arizona that I would pitch on you is that um, like I said earlier, that you have every sporting, you have so many things that you can do out here in Arizona. So if you wanted to come to the race just for the weekend, you could do that. But if you wanted to expand it outside the weekend, when we're here in March, we're also here during spring training. Remember, we have all spring training here in Arizona. So you can catch a baseball game um, from any team, any of your favorite teams um, that you have, you could catch, um, you know, here in Arizona. So, um, you know, you could do that. 
um, or you could, you know, you could um, just experience um, what's happening here in the market. And so um, that's what I would say is probably different here. The other thing about NASCAR is it's unique in the sense that, you know, you go to a football game, you go to a basketball game, let's say not everybody has the opportunity to sit courtside at a basketball game. But if you do, you're not, you don't have the ability to talk or, hey, I'm not going to be able to give Devin Booker a high five, right? Security will be there in about eight seconds, um, making sure that you don't do that. You're there to experience watching the game. Well, at NASCAR, uh, we have our garages, we have everything right there, um, and our um, our drivers are there. So, like, our garages are there with their pit crews, with the driver. They interact and they engage with our fan base. So, if you are truly a NASCAR fan and a driver fan, you're going to see them right here out w wandering around like everyone else. And so, I feel like that's a very, very unique experience, especially when you're following around um, a driver. And then you, you said you grew up really close to the racetrack, right? If, if, I, if I remember yep. correctly. So how do you bring the community to the racetrack? What's some of your strategies there? Yes. So there's so many things. So uh, I, when I got on the call earlier, I said, I just got back from a tour um, at the track. That's the thing, you know, since I have started here, um, you know, people are like, Damn, I forgot Phoenix Raceway was uh, there, that it was out there um, because I, I am such a community leader. I'm, I am somebody that is out there. Um, and they're like, once you, once I go there again, we like to support each other. So like, I want to come, I want to check it out. I want to see what it has to offer. Um, and it is opening up my home, which is Phoenix Raceway, um, to the community. Um, so I've been giving tours to individuals who've never been here before, and they are just in awe of like what the raceway is and what it can do. We have over 600 acres here um, at our raceway. Um, so it's not it's nothing small, right? I mean, it's a venue um, that operates over 200 days per year. We have almost 200 events here at the raceway outside of our two NASCAR events. So it is a venue. Um, and so that's one of the things that I want to make sure that I do is make sure that the community knows that, that we are a staple here in the community and our house is your house. Um, the other thing is making sure that kids, so I don't want um, little black and brown kids to be like me where they don't go to the raceway until they're an adult. I want to open that up now. Um, we have a donor um, advised fund here, meaning that we can give money back to nonprofit organizations, but we can also set up strategic um, initiatives and do things that we could do to set up well into the future. So just in my short time here, I created a partnership with a local high school um, where we created a motorsports curriculum. We brought kids out um, as a field trip. We will do about eight of those field trips per year. Our first one that we did in May, there's 50 kids that came. 49 of them had never been to the raceway. Uh, 49 of them were kids of color. Um, and they were just like, oh my God. And so they were able to open up and see like what's possible. You could be a, tr a track president. You could be someone that drives a car. You could be someone that is at a sports venue. So, you know, my strategy really is opening it up um, to the community and doing, doing our part with that. That's amazing. So with that, like it's that visibility, right? It's really um, exposing people to things, right? Like you don't know about it unless you have some type of exposure, right? And that's what we kind of say at the end of the show is, you know, visual representation matters and showing, showing the story. How has NASCAR, because like, you know, doing our research, this is the 75th year of NASCAR, mm -hmm. right? So it's an anniversary, a big anniversary, I should say. And, you know, you're talking about that there's still some of these firsts that's going on. Although they've been working on diversity and inclusion, like I've heard you say and other people say, for over 20 years. And you actually come out of a program um, that, you know, they kind of put together and sponsor. Can you talk a little bit about that program and like obviously what it's done for you? Yeah, absolutely. So there is. So I didn't personally come out of the drive. It's a called Drive for Diversity. Yep. So the Drive for Diversity program is a program that has been around for over 20 years. 
um, that helps with our drivers, but also helps internally with our uh, employees as well. So it helps us with hiring um, as well individuals of color. And it's something that NASCAR has been doing for a long time. I think um, you know, people don't know um, that, you know, NASCAR has been doing that. And it wasn't, I think a lot of people think that, okay, well, when NASCAR got rid of like the Confederate flag in 2020, then that's when NASCAR opened up um, diversity. No, NASCAR has been diverse for a very long time. And I think that if people, when I um, came here and came to my first race, I didn't know the amount of like people of color that are on pit crews, majority of them are people of color. Most of them are black and most of them have played a sport. Um, I think all, probably 99% of them have come from some sort of um, athletic background, some in professional and some collegiate. Um, now, they and have so, that program for that as well, right? Like that's that, exactly right. There's a What is that one called? It's like the pick combine or something like that that they it have? Is, but that's all part of Drive for Diversity. But yes, oh, really? it's, they, yes. So, all, so Drive for Diversity is all encompassing of all of those things, variations of where you want to be um, within the organization or within the crew. And so, yes, the each pit crew has like a combine. They have a whole, whole day. I mean, if, when you guys have an opportunity, if you ever have the opportunity, that in itself is a sport. Being able to watch them prepare for what they do on a, on a, week, a weekend basis, uh, it's amazing. So, uh, <laughs> since you had to figure out, I, I, I hope you, you understand this reference. Uh, do you remember back in the day when everybody was wearing those NASCAR coats? Because I used to always wear them, them Oreo ones. So the first day on the job, did you bring back out that M&M coat that we had? In <laughs> Look, I haven't even got my custom coat yet, but I'm working <laughs> on it. I am working on it. But in my emojis now, I use a ton of checkered flags. Like, I didn't do that before. Like, I'm ready. I wear a fanny pack when I'm out, you know. <laughs> You happy? Don't don't do that. Don't do that unless you've been out here. I, I love everything about. Like, I'm the queen of fanny pack right now. You couldn't have told me I was going to do that before November, but it's real. So there's so many things uh, that are part of the culture that are just like super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even the fanny pack. Yeah, that's awesome. So as far as diversity, right? You know, you're seeing the diversity. You know, in the front office, they're working on that. There's a lot of people like um, that are just. Um, in all different le levels, right? Like, you know, Eric Mosley, I think I just met a couple of years ago, right? Um, Moses, excuse me, just I met a couple of years ago that's like, you know, in the topic. He was one of the first, what, at the Nash? That in was Nashville. in Nashville. Yeah. Yep. So, and and Eric, then, Eric Moses, actually, he uh, is in Arizona now and runs the Fiesta Bowl. So Eric Moses is a big deal uh, out here doing big things in Arizona. He just had his Fiesta Bowl luncheon yesterday, and Eric Moses is, is doing some really great things. So how is that? Are you bringing those different sports worlds together, right? Like, are you getting the support from like an Eric Moses or even like a Larry Fitzgerald, right? Who's an ambassador of Arizona, right? Like when we had the Super Bowl there last year, he was involved in a lot of things, Super Bowl. So yeah. how is that going? Yes, that's actually going really great. So, uh, you know, because I have been here for so long and because of my um, experience in my other roles, the relationships that I already had with the other teams just have carried over. Um, certainly partnering, um, you know, collectively. We have, So I have my big luncheon that's coming up um, next week. Every single one of them will be there. The, the Cardinals will be there. Um, the Phoenix Suns will be there. The Coyotes will be there. And the D-backs will be there. They have all supported me and they will all be there from a leadership um, perspective. Um, we also are doing some collaborations. We actually have D-backs night coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, D-backs NASCAR night. Um, so NASCAR will be out there at the D-backs. I refuse to throw out the first pitch. I did that during spring training, but the pressure is too, is too, is too much. Uh, but I will be there. Uh, I will be out there. And so I'm really, those are the things that are um, 
honestly, uh, that I have been the most grateful for. I mean, we are, we will, that's one of the things that we will be doing um, here in Phoenix Raceway. Uh, you'll see that probably before the end of the year, a couple collabs um, coming up. So like I said, the D-backs night uh, is coming up in a few weeks. D-backs NASCAR. Okay, get getting my fan question out of the way. MJ, I know he's been a big, big pioneer, or, or, or he's he has a lot of influence now in NASCAR. How, how have you met him? Yes, what do you sir. think his his role is in the future of NASCAR moving forward? Yeah, one hundred percent. I have met him a few times. Uh, MJ is like, I mean, he's like MJ, right? He is the goat. Um, but when he is out here at NASCAR, he's like, you know, just MJ out here, you know, an owner of a sports team, just acting like he's like a regular person, like the rest of us. And everybody is like, it's MJ. Um, but he is definitely into the sport. His team, 2311 team, um, is, uh, they do amazing work. I mean, I just, uh, met with, uh, they have, I think they are the only um, NASCAR, or if you will, only sports team uh, within NASCAR that has a, chief, a diversity officer. So Craig Robinson is uh, the chief diversity officer there or a director of diversity um, for 2311. Um, and so that is all part of their leadership, right? Whether it's MJ, whether it's Denny um, that owns the team as well, they have, a, they're, they're intentional. Obviously Bubba uh, races for them as well. And so um, they're very intentional about what they're doing from a diversity perspective. So MJ is hands-on. He's out there. I have seen him at multiple um, events uh, across the United I saw him at the Daytona 500. Uh, and he's very personable. I mean, he's super, you know, when, when I saw him uh, in the, at the Daytona 500, he's very congratulatory uh, of me and my role, just proud. Um, and he loves the sport. And we have uh, mentioned, you know, Brad Doherty was one of the OGs as a basketball player in the game. So, you know, yes. <laughs> he's out yes. there too. Um, and, and just it's so funny. Like I saw a special. This was driving was actually his first love. Yeah. Um, and he just said he did basketball because he could. So yeah. um, it's good to see them out there, um, you know, just shine a light and, and exposing other people to it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and we have so many professional athletes that roll around. When I went to Sonoma this year, uh, Marshawn Lynch was there. And I asked Marshawn, I'm like, have you been here before? He's like, yes. So, I mean, you just don't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he he was out there. Um, I mean, there have been so many professional athletes that have, you know, I, I love football, so I usually call out the football players. But uh, there have been so many others that are not just in football that have been out um, to the races across the board. You will see them, um, and they're they're interested and they're into it. Got you. So kind of going on just like the, the development and exposure, right? So I think early on we talked about like, you know, you said you watched the hard knocks and, you know, there's Netflix specials and things like that. Um, only thing that I've really ever seen from the, the NASCAR was like the story on Bubba that they did a, a couple of maybe it's a year ago or something like that. What are they doing around NASCAR that you know of or, or would probably like to see? that would just kind of help the sport because, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's seeing those specials that like put a different perspective on those things uh, that, you know, can endear newer fans or just kind of highlight the sport in general. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, so uh, that was the step I think in moving towards that direction NASCAR. Um, I think one of the things that we don't, we have a great story to tell, but we don't tell it right. Like I just mentioned people that are here and that are out here. Um, and I think that, in, you know, th those are some of the things that we are working on. I think you will see more. Um, in terms of Netflix specials and, uh, you know, NASCAR really telling the story. Uh, Eric Ryan is someone who runs our communications uh, here at NASCAR. 
Uh, Eric Ryan uh, has been here for a couple of years um, at NASCAR, and he's very intentional, very purposeful about telling the story, the holistic story about NASCAR um, to make sure that other cultures know that they're invited and make sure that we appreciate our diehard fan base at the same time. Um, and making sure that you just tell, like I said, Pete, we're, we just haven't been telling the story um, of NASCAR. Like I just told you about pit crews, um, but that's something that you should already know, um, honestly, because they're just such a dynamic part of the sport um, and such an important part of the sport. I feel like another big part of the sport that I first noticed, like, was partnerships with, with NASCAR. And how oh, yeah. <laughs> I many of those things? So can you talk a little bit about navigating that part of the game. Sorry, EJ, I know that was one of your questions. You the partnership guy. I'm sorry, <laughs> you Yes, I'm glad you asked. That is definitely one of the questions. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, the whole, uh, when I mentioned drive for diversity, one of the things, or if you will, barriers for drivers is that it's sponsorship, right? Um, you know, you have to have, it's expensive. It's not cheap. It's like, you know, most sports are, are, are uh, you have to put an investment into it, uh, monetary investment into it. Um, and if not for our sponsors, um, we wouldn't, some people wouldn't be able to race or most people wouldn't be able to race. Um, and then for us, from a track perspective, I mean, uh, we thoroughly appreciate our sponsors. When we have major sponsors like Coca-Cola, right? One of our, our main sponsors here um, at Phoenix Raceway. You have Ally, uh, which is the financial institution that is collectively across the board for NASCAR. So I think in terms of sponsorships, one of the things that NASCAR does really well, we have a great team, um, great corporate sales team and partnership management team that manages those relationships is making sure, um, even, even though the tracks, like I have an Arizona track, there's a Las Vegas track, we make sure that we, when we talk partnership, it's collective. So anything that we can do to have massive partnerships, it's what we do. Um, even um, like for us here in Arizona, um, I talked to you guys a little bit about our campers. Um, one of the things that's really important for our campers is making sure they have a store. Um, so we partnered with Walmart. So we did that. We just launched that and uh, our team did a great job of launching that in March. But and it was successful and we're going to continue to do it. But so now Walmart's everywhere. So how do we do that in other areas and other markets as well? So we make sure that we um, do what we can in terms of um, sponsorships, but we wouldn't uh, be able to do all of the great things if we didn't have sponsors, um, you know, within any of our tracks. So are you seeing the future with the younger drivers as well, um, you know, from the culture? Um, I think, uh, I believe, and I missed your panel, by the way, because you were at the Black Sports Business yeah. Symposium, but y'all whole crew showed up and showed out, by the way. Y'all yeah. were out there. Uh, but are. I got to see the panel um, that, uh, who's the um, the communications guy you just mentioned? Eric uh, Ryan. Eric, yes. He yeah. was the moderator, and I think Bubba, and what's the young guy? Is it the Roz? Yep. Roz was on there, and it's just great to hear that, like, how are they doing with the, the pressure and like, you know, cause like every time we get into certain things where we're the first, it is that pressure, but like, what are they doing? How are the, how are they getting supported by, you know, the other drivers, you know, are you seeing kind of that growth for the younger drivers? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I mean, they would have to answer it much better than I could, but I would say, um, you know, I think one of the things that we all do is we try to support um, each of them, especially the young drivers. Um, you know, when I mentioned uh, partnering with our um, school here in Arizona, Raja came out to Arizona during Super Bowl. Um, so Raja came out. And there's also another young driver named La LeVar Scott. So Raja and LeVar came out um, to the school. And when those kids were able to see like kids of color, like that were essentially their age, they were like, what? 
we didn't even know this was like a thing or that we could do this or that this was possible. Um, so I think even for them, them being supporting them that way, them being able to tell their story and be able to get on platforms and let people know that they are here and that they are up and coming. Um, I think it's just a, a major thing. And, and you know, uh, even like for Raja, you know, we'll be doing um, an event in Miami in our October race. I'm going to go out there, make sure I support um, Raja, make sure we bring uh, people there um, to be able to do meet and greets with him. And so I think collectively it is about everyone coming together to be able to support um, these individuals in the best way that you can. Obviously, when it comes directly to racing, sponsorships, all that kind of stuff, that's totally separate. It's really about the person being able to support them as a person um, and showing them showing them and making you know connections for them where you can. Um, and so that's really um, how I have been able to support just in my short time. And I see that um, across um, NASCAR as well. Um, like you said, Eric Ryan was doing the panel with them. And so we make sure that we, we build relationships with all drivers um, so that we understand because, you know, outside of racing, they also have other things that they're that are important to them. Um, and so we want to make sure that we know what the, you got to get to know them personally, what is important to you? And how do we support you when you come to our, my track two times per year? Like, what what is it that I can do? Absolutely. MH, ready for those quick hits? Yes, sir. So, Sasha, just some quick kind of get to know you questions uh, for our listeners. So, uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Uh, lunch all day. <laughs> what What is your favorite meal? I mean, I, I'm from Arizona, so I love Mexican food. I can eat a taco all day, any kind of taco. <laughs> favorite drink, if you would. It doesn't have to be alcoholic, but just favorite drink. Look, I live in Arizona, so water on the rocks works really good for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Favorite music artist? Oh, oh, dang. I knew you would ask me something like that. I love music, so I'm a, I'm a huge Erica Badu fan. Love Erica Badu. So I'm going to say Erica Badu. Favorite uh, place to visit? Travel space or place? Um, so I love a beach. So we go to Coronado um, probably every year. So it would have to be a toss up between Coronado and Cancun. Okay. If you had, a, if you saw a recent put down, if somebody was trying to give you slack, what it actually turned out to be a compliment, what did they say? If so, wait, ask that again. If someone, somebody gave you, somebody was trying to put you down, but for you, you kind of took it as a compliment. Yeah. What would they say? What do they say? Yeah, well, that actually just happened. Like, I, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier. You know, I, I serve on a lot of boards. I was at a board meeting and one of the ladies came over uh, and she was like, the president of, Na of NASCAR. I'm like, no, I'm not the president of NASCAR. I'm president of Phoenix Raceway. And she was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why I thought it was so funny. I was like, you right, girl. That is crazy. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> uh, fa favorite season of the year. Uh, I'm a like a su like summer, but not too hot. <laughs> I, I don't even know how that how that work. How does that work in Arizona? In, in <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment uh, of your life, if you if you can share. Mm. Most embarrassing moment. Oh. Let me see. I don't really. I can't think of one that's like coming to the top of my head because usually when I get embarrassed, I just kind of laugh it off. Um, I mean, I would say uh, I'm, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one that recently happened. So I have. I told you I have two boys, right? So I have a, a 12 year old and a, a 16 year old. The 12 year old plays basketball, but he was playing baseball, right? For like a little club team. He's like he's super athletic. 
uh, and he he's playing baseball, but he he wanted to retire from baseball and focus only on basketball, which is totally fine. So he has his last game, you know, and I, this is a true story. I will send you guys a video. He hits the walk-off home run in the game, right? But but when that happened, right before it happened, the team uh, the team walked the kid in front of him because they had two outs. So there's two outs, right? And then he came up, and they were like, he's not going to hit the, But my kid's not going to hit the ball. So he goes up, and he hits the walk-off home run. You guys, I went crazy. Like, I went all the way crazy like I was at, like, a professional sports team. It was embarrassing because I heard that shit on the video. <laughs> you know, like, Game Changer has, like, a little camera on there. And I went, I, I, I cussed. He's 12. I said all the things that you shouldn't say at a 12-year-old game. That was embarrassing. Oh. After when he was listening to me, he was like, Mom. I was like, I know. I don't know what happened. Proud mom, baby. You can't yeah. say. <laughs> That's All my right. baby. That's my baby. <laughs> I, I, I did one of those. Now what? You know, like because they want yeah. to sit in front of them. Like, why would mm. I do that? <laughs> you are a true sports fan. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, why you would do that. Yeah. My last one. My last one. Favorite art mural. Oh, you guys! I have I, someone painted an art mural of me in downtown Phoenix, so it has to be my favorite. It is in downtown Phoenix, and it just happened with myself, Morgan Cato, who is legit. Die, I mean, she is amazing. Uh, the only uh, black female assistant GM in the NBA. So Morgan Cato for the Phoenix Suns. Um, she is also on that mural. Uh, and Colette. Uh, Colette was the first um, uh, coach in the NFL, female coach in the NFL. So uh, anyway, it's a it's a dope mural. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Stuff. All right. So we're jumping into the winner's circle. This is where we kind of provide you this the platform uh, to talk about just some of the dope things that you're doing. And I, I know we brought it up, but I really want to dig into the significance of the, the Cup Series, right? Like, I think, one, um, we need a lot of things that's dope about that, first of all, because it's happening in November. So that's kind of around your one year anniversary. Yeah. So that's just some dope stuff going on. But explain the Cup Series, because like for for a lot of us that are not, you know, uh, that either never never been to NASCAR, don't follow, don't understand what that means. Right. Like there's a lot of sports like, well, racing in general. Right. There's a series and golf has like things. So what is the significance of this event? Yep, absolutely. So the cup series means like the top of the top drivers, right? They work their way up and they've gotten to the top. Like they are the professional athletes. Like they are the NFL, if you will. They are the NBA, um, like that level. So not necessarily on the, the minor leagues, um, if you will. Uh, they're they're the top. And so um, to be able to host and have the cup series championship race in Arizona, um, this will be year four of us having it. Arizona, we just announced that we were going to have it again um, next year uh, as well. And so um, it had been in Miami for almost 20 years, and then they moved it here um, to Arizona. Um, and so it is a big deal for us from an economic standpoint here and the impact that we have on the Valley. Um, but I mean, who wouldn't want to be in Arizona in November? You, we, you just asked me about my favorite season. So in November, it is kind of springish because, you know, it's like in the 70s uh, here in Arizona. Our weather is perfect. Um, and so uh, we have almost 100,000 people that come out. Um, to experience that over the the Cup Series uh, weekend. So we have races, two races on Friday, usually. Typically, we'll have two races on Friday um, that are not Cup Series. It's like the truck drivers, and then you have the next level um, as well. We'll usually have ARCA on Saturday, and then we have the Sunday is the day. 
Um, and then that's when we have the Cup Series uh, drivers, and that's championship. That's like the Super Bowl. Uh, but we've had it again um, for the last consistently for the last uh, four years, and so it is a big deal uh, for us. And you know, for Cup Series Sunday, we actually sold out in May. That's how big of a deal it is. Uh, but we still have um, availability for Friday and Saturday. And really, our team does a really great job of making sure you have a holistic experience um, for the whole weekend. Uh, here at Championship Weekend. So we're really excited about it. Uh, and like you said, that will be my one year uh, in November as well. My first championship and year one. So for my lack of knowledge, is is the, the weekend kind of build up? Is that similar to what you would have like on a Super Bowl weekend? Um, yeah, it's similar to what you ha would have on a Super Bowl weekend, but I would say it's the whole week um, for us. So we start, so like I said, people come in starting on Monday, but we activate like within the community. The drivers are usually here about midweek. Um, so we'll start to activate, engage, go out into the community with some uh, driver appearances. We have a party um, that we have at the W in Scottsdale the Thursday night before. It's an industry party. Um, so we really get out there um, in the community. So yes, it is like a Super Bowl experience, but like for the whole week. Um, and then you have racing. Um, so like for football, you only have the game on Sunday. But here um, for um, for NASCAR, you're going to have an actual uh, a race each of those days, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So what so what do they have to do to like this all qualifying throughout the year to get to this? Right. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, what are they crowned if they win that? Is it like, is that the 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 end? Like, they're the champion. Like, that's the end of the series for the yeah. year, or that is it? Yep, that's the end of the season. That is your champion um, for the season. Um, and so you get the the Bill France Trophy, um, and you are the person, right? That you get last year was Joey Logano. So if you look up Joey, um, he was the champion last year here in Arizona. And so, um, you know, you uh, that that's what you get. You're the champion, and you are crowned. And so. Our season runs February to November, and so season is over um, right after championship weekend, and then we roll back. We start back in February. Nice. And we need to investigate that because we always have a, a discussion of what's the top trophy <laughs> in sports. <laughs> so we're going to have to definitely dig in and check out the trophy. Um, yes, you guys so, follow it around. We're going to be posting it around the Valley here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as it starts, starting in a couple weeks. Okay. And then, I mean, this is any perfect time than any for you to throw out some social handles, right? Because, uh, you know, the Phoenix Raceway has its own uh, handles. But, yeah, throw out some of your uh, way people get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to make sure that you, you know, follow Phoenix Raceway um, out there on link or on uh, Instagram, um, online, you know, www.phoenixraceway.com. Then for me, uh, I you could also follow me on Phoenix Raceway Prez on my IG account. I've been... Uh, active. Uh, my team has made me uh, be pretty active now. Now I'm having fun. So like, I got me a little microphone. You got you guys. I'm gonna get serious about it now. Uh, so engage with me uh, there. But I'm also very open to networking. So I want people to really reach out if there's anything I can do. Um, you know, if you want to know more about NASCAR, you want to know more about Phoenix Raceway. Uh, I'm pretty open to all of those things. So I always tell people follow me on LinkedIn. Keep it professional if you want to keep it professional on LinkedIn only as uh, the professional route. Uh, but again, uh, follow us around. I, I will, I'll do everything that I can to tell the story um, of Phoenix Raceway. Telling the story. Wow. So you, 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 the, uh, you're the social queen now. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's I can't funny. call me that yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's one thing that you've learned? I, I know you've learned a, a lot of different things, but one thing or two things that you can really grasp that you've really learned in this, this first year. Yeah. You know, I will tell you, um, 
you know, for, first and foremost, I have learned that there are a lot of people out there that want you to be successful. You know, I think that, uh, you know, being the first and you can't it was talk about this, the social media queen. You can't read all the comments. Right. Because uh, people um, hide behind their comments at times. And so they will say not so nice things, um, even people from your own community. And so I think that there is that like you have to know that there's more people supporting you. But also if they're not talking about you, you're not doing something right. So um, so I think that that's probably one thing. Um, that there are people out there that really want you to be um, successful um, has has been. Uh, and then the other piece is just the uniqueness of the business and the great people that are involved. Like I said, I, I am really glad I slowed down for five seconds to give NASCAR a chance um, because it has been a really great decision. Now, do you all have a, I don't want to call, I don't know, a, core, a cohort or just kind of a, a touch bag, a touch point to support each other? Like, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, like you see in organizations, right? Like they have ERGs, right? Like employee resource groups, you know, to get together. Is that available for you guys at NASCAR? Is it a NASCAR level, track level? And then outside of what the company does, is there like a, um, what do you call it? Um, just a network that you guys have to support each other. Cause there's a lot of stuff that happens showing up for us as us <laughs> that, yes. you know, there's some just extra need. Yeah, all the time. So yes, to all of that. We we actually have employee resource groups as well um, here at NASCAR holistically, things that we just don't necessarily talk about, right? We have each each group, each area that you can think of, right? You have the LGBT group, you have um, the black, Hispanic, all women, uh, women in motorsports. There's not that many of us. And so you have all, all of those um, groups that we have. We definitely have that as a support system. We also have an executive diversity council, um, which I am on. Uh, which for uh, executive leaders, but also you guys talked a little bit about partners. Um, so our partners are also part of that. So like the Ally Bank, um, you know, we have um, Fox and NBC that we partner with um, from a media standpoint. They're on there. The sports teams are on there. Drivers, there's some drivers that are on there as well. So we have all of that um, in terms of an executive diversity council as well. Um, and, and our CEO is on that as well. So again, we have that. Um, but you guys, you know that it's really the organic thing um, that we really have, um, which is us supporting us. And so um, not a lot of people know, but I mentioned Eric Ryan leads our communication. We have, uh, he is an African-American male. We have John Ferguson, who is black, that leads, he's our chief human resources officer. Uh, we have Amanda Olivers, our chief legal officer. She's a black female. We have Brandon Thompson, who leads diversity, equity, and inclusion um, for NASCAR as well? So you have a group of executives, and there you know we have a group of executives that are um, all black, and we come together. Uh, but then there's so many others of us as well. And so yes, we support each other, we communicate, we talk. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this just the other day on another po podcast when I had my first race. Um, there were uh, a group of black women that are here that are just so excited that I'm here in the first um, in this role. And they have been super supportive of me from the beginning. Some of them I work with on a regular basis. Others I just see when I'm out there sent me flowers on my first race. So right before I started my race and I am not um, at all an emotional person, but I am telling you guys like it took I was like, OK, wait, like I, I got to take a second because these girls went out of their way to think about me and making sure I was good and wanted to make sure that I was uh, recognized um, for my first race in March. And so um, we support each other um, all the time. And so it, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know that I've gotten that anywhere um, I've been. <laughs> Love it. All right. So we're getting to the finish line. Um, this is what we like to call the assist, right? This is where we ask you to share either a quote um, words to live by or something you would tell your younger self. 
It could be either one of those, but yeah, just give us a coaching gym. Yeah. You know, I would say um, something that I would tell uh, my younger self would be, you know, yeah, you can, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. You can actually do that. Um, you know, I told you guys earlier, you know, I started working um, at a very young age, um, really for, to be able to have fake fingernails, but I will tell you, um, wanting to do that uh, really led me to the place that I am today uh, from a career perspective, but it also opened up my network. So uh, I have not applied for a job since I went for that opportunity at Charles Schwab when I was 16 years old. Um, and, you know, I have when people have reached out to me about opportunities and about things, um, you know, there are times like this time when I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. But yes, yes, you can. You can do it. You are doing it and you will do it. Um, so I think that that would be the thing that I would tell, you know, my younger self. And I would say, you know, it's OK to be you. Um, that's totally fine. Just be you every day. Um, and so I that th those are the things that I that I would tell me. I love it. All right. MH, final thoughts. Just a just a random thought. That is an incredible stat. That you, you haven't applied for a job since that. That's, that is like the most unbelievable thing I think I've heard. That's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I I have I have a, you know, one of the things that people talk about is like building your network. One of the things that I have just I, I I've never met a stranger. I do it. One of my kids have never met a stranger either. They're just like that. I mean, you could go out there. You could talk to anyone. You have. I mentioned I was in the band, right? I just have a good collection of people in my network. You could be white, black, you could be whatever. Um, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoy people. Um, and I did a really good job of building my internal network at Charles Schwab, right? Just meeting people, um, you know, in, in 2000, uh, you know, when we had 9-11, um, that was a 2001, uh, when then the, you know, they started to do layoffs and things like that. And so a lot of people lost their jobs um, at Charles Schwab, but that means they lost their job there, but they went somewhere else. Um, and that's how I got my next opportunity. Someone reached out to me from uh, my role at Charles Schwab. The person that I actually started working for when I was 16 ended up working for me at another organization um, until she retired. And so it's just, um, you know, it's just something that I have pride myself on is building relationships, building relationships for no um, with no expectation of anything in re return, but to build a relationship. So that means you got to get out from your desk and, and, and walk around the office and shake people's hand yeah. and. Ask them how their weekend is doing and really mean it. Like, that's yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes, you got to get to know people. I give, you know, we can't do high fives now. We got to do dabs or like, yeah. you know, what's up? You know, we can't do it as much as we used to. And I used to be a hugger, but I can't do that anymore either, right? Because we don't know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I really do genuinely care um, about people and um, taking the time to really get to know them. Because honestly, you guys, you just never know. You never know when you just me taking five seconds to say, how was your weekend? And actually standing there listening to you about your weekend um, yeah. could be just the thing you needed that day. Correct. That's great. The mate was taking that as an eternal note. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I'm pretty genuine. Yeah, I think. Well, oh, you're very that. genuine. He's very genuine. <laughs> When he gets, but he has to, to get up and out because he's very locked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, he's a network. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. as not as much, but yeah, thank you for that advice. That's that's, that's great. Now you don't have to talk to everybody, but somebody. Okay, thank you. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See? You don't have to be the extreme, right? But give people a chance. Awesome. No, 
Well, Tosh, this has been absolutely amazing. We thank you. We honor you, Madam President. It, it's a, a blessing to be able to say that, you know, so thank you for spending this time. I know you're super busy. You know, hopefully we can definitely check you out. Now that we know that Vegas is a spot for you, we definitely want to see you, or uh, you know, be able to connect with you when you come in town. So just once again, thank you for your time today. No, thank you guys so much. It has truly been an honor. And I want you guys to come to Arizona to come to a race. So it's right down the street. So you guys have to come in March. I'd love to have you here, but I will definitely let you know when I am there in Vegas. There you go. Black and Sports Live at the Phoenix I mean, Race. I mean, that November time sounds kind of good. I said it was sold out. I said you want me to put you. Hey, you know, if, if anybody hey, can say, you can. I mean, hey, look, listen, you know what? Some media passes. <laughs> you could do that, actually. <laughs> you could do, actually, let's talk about that because you could actually potentially do that. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. All right. All right. We're going we're gonna to talk more about this offline, yeah. but we want to thank you, the people, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed the show. Please, please um, follow Tasha everywhere. We're going to post all how you can uh, link with her and learn more about NASCAR, um, learn more about what's going on, and just know um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We say it all the time. Uh, visual representation matters. If you see it, you can be it. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please remember, stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got is sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming you're rooting for everybody black. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. 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 Show me I'm rooting for everybody's black Spat bouts for racks on handmade racks Show me I'm rooting for everybody's black It's everybody from sports to college class to rap and battle